Hello, hello, hello. It's Miranda with Forever Change, and here we are with another podcast. The Lord has us in a couple different places. Um, we're going to be bouncing through in the Bible, um, but when we bounce through, we're going to be in full context with things. This podcast is going to touch base on our hearts and our thoughts, which is a tricky subject to speak on um, nowadays with all the distortion of the thoughts and the corruption in our, in our eyes and what we see, what we hear, what we and how we act, um, the consistent compromise throughout the years, all of that. Um, before we get started, I want to Open up the word real quick. And I want to read Psalm 68, you guys. And it says, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As, max, as wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them exalt before God. Yes, let them rejoice with gladness. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and exalt, and exalt before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows. Is God in his holy habitation? God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellion dwell in a parched land. O oh God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched to the wilderness, the earth quaked. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence, at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God. You confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. Your creatures settled in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor, O God. The Lord gives the command. The women who proclaim the good tidings are a great host. Kings of armies flee, they flee. And she who remains at home will divide the spoil. When you lie down among the sheepfolds, you are like the wings of a dove covered with silver, and its pinions with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings there, it was snowing in Zalman. A mountain of God is the mountain of Basham, the mountain of many peaks in the mountain of Basham. Why do you look with envy, O mountains with many peaks, at the mountain which God has desired for his abode? Surely the Lord will dwell there forever. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them as Sinai is holiness, in holiness. You have ascended on high. You have led captive your captives. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also, that the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation, 
God is to us a goddess of deliverances, and to God the Lord belong escapes. The Lord belong escapes from death. Surely God will shatter the head of his enemies, the hairy crown on him who goes on in his guilty deeds. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Basham, or bring them back from the depths of the sea, that your foot may shatter them in blood. The tongue of your dogs may have its portion from your enemies. They have seen your procession, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers went on, the musicians after them, in the midst of the maidens beating tambourines. Bless God and the congregations, even the Lord, you who are of the fountain of Israel. <clears throat> there is Benjamin, the youngest, ruling them, prin the princes of Judah in their thrones, the princes of Zebulun, and the princes of Naphtali. Your God has commanded your strength. Show yourself strong, O God, who have, who have acted on our behalf because of your temple at Jerusalem. Kings will bring gifts to you. Rebuke the beasts and the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples, trampling underfoot the pieces of silver. He has scattered the peoples who delight in war. Envoys will come out of Egypt. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides upon the highest heavens, which are from ancient times. Behold, he speaks forth with his voice, a mighty voice. Ascribe strength to God. His majesty is over Israel, and his strength is in the skies. O God, you are awesome from your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength and power to the people. Blessed be God. So when we talk about the hearts and the heart and thoughts of of us. We have to remember what Ephesians six, ten through eighteen tell us. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Now stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, <clears throat> taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And then Ephesians 6:24 tells us, Grace be with all those who live, who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an uncorruptible love. So an uncorruptible love means untainted, not lukewarm, not believing the lies and deceitfulness, not being disobedient, but being sincere, truthful, loyal, pure, and incorrupt. 
May we remember that our struggles with the devil, the rulers and powers, the world forces of darkness, the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. May we stand firm, as the good, as the good word has told us, having done everything pleasing to the Lord, so that the devil has no ground or right, and we are faithfully united with our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ for eternity. The spiritual, refer, the spiritual forces, those are referring to Satan and his demons, those that have rebelled and are often referred to as the fallen angels of wickedness, that are full of malice, evil purposes, wicked intent and desires, and are filled with iniquity. This darkness seeks to rebel consistently. They, that's what got them kicked out of heaven to begin with, is their rebellion, if we remember. And in the process of their rebellion, they seek to influence as many others as they can to join them in their rebellion or their temporary reign that they have. But we need to stay in the ways of the Lord. Satan definitely will come to try and undo what God has done, as he consistently has done from the beginning of time. But that does not mean that God cannot do anything at all. Excuse me. He's yawning. <clears throat> we have to remember that while Satan does not want the captives set free, God does indeed want the captives to be set free. That's why he sent his son to begin with, that anybody who believes on his son may not perish and have eternal life. For he does not wish for any of us to suffer or perish, as he has told us since even the Old Testament. He does not seek for any of us to perish, but for us to repent and turn from our wicked ways that we can be with him. And know that isn't him being bossy or hateful or controlling or sadistic as the world loves to try and manipulate God. No, actually, it makes him the most loving father that there is because whenever we sin, Satan now has legal rights to work to influence and use us for his agenda and will. So God tells us to repent and to stay with him and to stay on the on the narrow path due to the fact that he knows good and well that as soon as we sin, here comes Satan to try and influence and take over us and literally use us as his puppet. And I know like a lot of people do not like that reference and neither did I at first. I really did it because it was like, oh my goodness. But the sheer fact of the matter is when we live in a life of sin, we have inevitably became Satan's puppet to influence and for him to influence us and direct us in the path of evil. And that is because we willingly gave ourselves over to the sin that we partook in, the things that God warns us about. He doesn't warn us about them to be controlling or to say, oh, well, I'm better than everybody else. No, he tells us these things because these are, this is the reality of this fallen world. It is the reality of the curse that happened in the garden. And when, just like when God told Adam and Eve that they would surely die. And, of course, Satan says, you will not die. Because he tried to manipulate what death meant. God told them they would die in their spirit. They would die a spiritual death. A separation from him. Which is pretty heartbreaking. I know now that I've been been in this walk, that, oh, that would kill me. And literally, literally, 
on both levels, physically and spiritually, and then also actually mentally. But, whew, sorry guys, just even the thought of that, just, <laughs> if only they would have stuck to what they knew. Lord, I pray that as we embark this study, that, Lord, you would reach our hearts and our minds, that you would have, help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see what it is you have for us. Lord, let it be the spirit of truth that directs us in the ways of understanding. Lord, allow the spirit of wisdom that comes from you to help us. Lord, I pray that you would guard us and that you would prevent the enemy from coming to snatch in the seed that you have that you plant, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we discussed, you know, cleaning the demons, they love to influence the minds of men, right? Well, we're going to look at an account of when he did just that in Genesis chapter 6. And then we're going to move into the Bible and look at some more um, scripture that the Lord has for us. So Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to start at verse 4. And then going to read uh, okay. yeah I'm going to read to from I'm going to read chapter 6 verses 4 through 12 grab my Bible sorry I think I'm trying to keep in mind we're all going at this raw Try not to make anything seem like it's just like super perfect or I'm trying to be super perfect because I'm not. I'm nothing without the Lord. The Lord is what helps me do all of what he does. So the Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and then listen to this real quick, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And this is a section that I would highlight too. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. So the thoughts of man, every intent, so if we think back to it, in the New Testament, God tells us that our motives, to check our motives, to examine our hearts and minds, to make sure they go in alignment with the Word of God, this is a big part of why. And I'm going to keep reading. The Lord was sorry that he, had, that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord was grieved. In his heart. The Lord saw, said. I will blot out man. 
whom I have created from the face of the, from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to the birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the records of the gene generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. So Noah walked with God. If we remember, Adam and Eve also were able to walk with the Lord. Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. Actually, I'm going to keep reading. I know I said it's up at verse 12, and I'm sorry, but um, Lord, the Lord hasn't given me a, a stop. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them, and behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood, and you shall make the ark with rooms, and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth is 50, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top, and set the door of the ark on it in the side of it. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. So real quick, God is very detail-oriented. Just love that. Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life. From under heaven, everything that is on the earth shall perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, and of the animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. So two of every kind will come to you. Did Noah have to seek it out? No, God was bringing, it, bringing them straight to him. As for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible, all food which is edible, edible, which means there are some things on the earth that are not edible, and gather it to yourself, and it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. I just got the release to stop. Now I understand exactly why. Because he showed that Noah did, and Noah acted accordingly. Noah obeyed faithfully. I write that little note. Obey. Obedience. And he was faithful. So. As we read. <sighs> I am so sorry. 
but as we read, all flesh had corrupted, um, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his, of, um, the thoughts of man, his heart was only, was only evil continually. So corruption was everywhere. And not only was it everywhere, but the influence was strong on the minds of many. I'm sorry, say pause. So why did God bring the flood? <sighs> he brought the flood because every intent of the thoughts of man's heart was evil continually, and all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. But Noah was found blameless in the sight of the Lord. And Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, as we've seen in verses 8 through 10. Then Genesis 9, which is after the flood. I'm going to go to verse 22. So Genesis 9, verses 22, if you want to write this down, or if you want to go to it. Right, 22 through 23. A second. Um, so God said, God was grieved. He was mourned at the fact that he had even created mankind and what he created because of the fact of how quick and how corrupt the minds of men became. They went off the influence of evil so quickly and had forsaken the ways of the Lord just so, so easily. I have no idea why I'm yawning. I'm not even tired. So I am so sorry, guys. I really am. It just keeps hitting me. So, if we're, um, one of the, the common story, which is not really, it's not a story as in, like, what you hear in this world now. It's an actual true story, a true situation that occurred, of when Noah had drank, and he drank some of his wine, and he became drunk, and he lay down uncovered in his tent. Well, when his sons came, um, when one of his sons seen him, he went and told the brothers. So I'm going to read a little bit of the scripture, and then we're going to talk about that. So, actually, I'm going to start at verse 20, so it gets about what it was going on. So Noah began farming and planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and uncovered himself inside the tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Now, real quick, I want you to um, <clears throat> keep in mind that God gives details for a reason, real quick. So, 
Notice how Ham, the father of Canaan. The father of Canaan, right? All right, well. The Canaanites. As we know with them, made some pretty bad choices, right? So, when we see those little details, may we not lose sight of those, may we not forget those, and may we actually learn to take note of those, because we'll start to see messages that the Lord has for us. He outlines certain things to help us with the genealogies, with seeing where things continued, how the corruption continued, how compromise continued, which comes from the corruption. Well, compromise leads to the corruption, honestly. Um, it shows you how even after the flood, unfortunately, it continued. And we'll see just how it can, how those wicked and evil thoughts continue. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon, laid it upon, um, upon both their shoulders and walked backwards and covered the nakedness of their father, and their faces were turned away so that they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, he knew what his youngest son had done to him. So he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. Noah lived 350 years after the flood. So all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. And if you go and keep reading in Genesis 10, and 11, believe it or not, all those details within that unpack a lot that uncover even the present day corruption and ancient teachings and philosophies that are get pushed around today. So, um, it is really more interesting than what our flesh and the thoughts of man want to make it. When you see the descendants of Noah, I'm just going to touch base on this real quick, I'm sorry. But when you see the descendants of Noah, don't be like, oh, goodness, great, a genealogy chart? Oh, it's just names, it's just people. Why do I need to do this? What is it even important for? Well, it actually outlines so much more for us than we could imagine. And... Actually, I might talk about that in a minute. So, don't think that God puts things there just to take up space, because he really doesn't. That's not how God is. He isn't here to waste time. He isn't here for all that. He is here to help us, to counsel us, to lead us, and to direct us in the way of everlasting life with him. And um, as he began doing with Noah and his descendants. So we discuss, we talked about the fact that the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and that <clears throat> they had influenced the minds of men and that wickedness was great on the earth. Every intent of the thoughts were evil 
and all flesh had corrupted their way on earth. We see it, we know that the flood, that God brought the flood because he was grieved in his heart. The corruption that it entailed. The corruption was everywhere and had influenced the minds of many. We see that Noah's sons were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham, which is the father of Canaan, saw his father's nakedness and decided to talk about it and said, and we see that Ham came upon his father naked. His father was undefended and naked, right? He was laid bare. He did not, his, Ham did not choose to cover him up. Instead, he cunningly showed the nakedness of his father to his brothers. Instead of covering his father up as his brothers chose to do. We see Ham acting in alignment with the actions of the serpent as he did in the garden. He trying to be cunning, craft, craft, and he craftily counseling his brothers to look upon his father's nudity which ultimately condemned his descendants. When we look back at the scriptures, we see that the Lord outlined the genealogies of Ham very strongly by even indicating Canaan being his son, even when he tried to show his, father, his, brother's, his father's nakedness. You can see this throughout biblical history. And like I mentioned before, our Father does not bring to light details for no reason. God is very specific and detail-oriented. He seeks to help us not harm us. The influence shown as Ham trying to show the bareness of his father with his brothers as if it was something to look upon. They tried, he tried to make it seem appealing. It reminds me, it's just like it was Satan in the garden with Eve, how he tried to make the fruit look appealing. The, why? To deceive. To get you to look upon and choose something that you shouldn't do. And that is a huge common trend. And I pray that the Lord would really impress that upon you and help you to understand and remember that one thing. That he really does try to get you trapped by making something look appealing and to look good. Or, oh, it's okay. There's no harm in it. And it really is. And it just contributes to the compromise and the wicked intents of the mind in men. And then in Genesis chapter 10, I'm going to read 6 through 20. And what I'm going to be doing is reading the ESV translation for Genesis 10. And the reason being is because I think it will help bring some light to things. Now, I'm also going to, I read regularly with the NASB 1995 translation. So, when I looked at the ESV with this, I was like, whoa. And I hope that you guys maybe will too. Um, the sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sapta, Rayama, and Saptica. Saptica, Saptica, sorry. The sons of Rayama are Sheba and Dedan. Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, 
like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, Akkad, and Kalneh in the land of Shinar. From that land, he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Rehoboth Ur, Kala, and Rezin, between Nineveh and Kala. That is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludin, Anamin, Lehaben, Naphtuhim, Patrusim, Kasluhim, Kasluhim, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphtarim. Canaan fathered Sidon, which is a Sidonite, his firstborn in Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvadites, the Zimmerites, and the Hamathites. Afterwards, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed, and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham. By their clans, their languages, their land, and their nations. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us what it is you have in Jesus' name. Now, in many translations, Mizraim is in place of Egypt. But when we look at the meaning and <clears throat> the history with it, Mizram and Egypt, we find that Mizram is Egypt. In some translations, you'll see Mizram in place of Egypt. But that's why I chose the ESV because it brought to light the actual, like, um, I guess you would say the present day term for it and the location of it. But we see many names in there, many places. And I remember, even then of a hide. I apologize. There's truly no sense in this. <laughs> um. So Nineveh. Now, if we remember Jonah, where was he supposed to go to talk to people about their wicked ways and to try and to change from their ways, which they did. Nineveh. Oh, man. I am really sorry about the yawn, and please do not let this turn you away. Um, but all through there, all through that genealogy, which is something that, like I was saying before, people see genealogy and like, oh my goodness, do I have to? Oh, why is this so important? It's extremely important. We see where corruption continued. We see where... It worked to influence the minds even after the flood. 
And we see why it's so important to make sure we stay in the path of the Lord because we see how quick and easily evil can be influenced. But just keep in mind, just because evil can be influenced just so quickly doesn't mean that the Word of God cannot. So please do not be stuck in fear of the what if because we need to remember even if. Like what we learned about and um, touched base on recently. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, even if, king, we will still not bow down to you, basically. So, it's just beautiful. Um, so now that we've gotten into that and we see that, and I really do recommend continuously reading in the book of Genesis and then all through the Old Testament because we see a lot, a lot. And I plan to unpack a lot of this stuff with you guys too in the future. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh, cause I love doing this. I love the word of the Lord. I love sharing his word with others. Um, it's definitely my favorite thing to discuss. If, if somebody wanted to sit down and talk about the Lord, we'll be sitting there for hours. In all reality. The things of this world, I cannot keep up conversation with. I just go blank. Like, completely. <laughs> but when it comes to the Lord, I can sit there and study about Him and share with Him and everything. So, the rest of the time, we're really going to be jumping into some different sections of the Word of God. And this is going to be in mainly the New Testament. We'll have one excerpt from the Old Testament brought in now as we've done this. But I wanted you to see. Real quick, the importance of the genealogy, especially with the corruption and stuff that has taken place, and even in this present day, um, especially this present day, it you know with prophecy and stuff like that, it's super important for us to be in the Word, being aware of the signs of the times, the seasons that we are in, um, as the Lord told us to. Um, there's so much the Lord has for us in His Word. And I pray that we do not forsake that. And we do not lose sight of that. Because there's many others in other countries that don't have what we have. And the sheer fact that many of us forsake the blessings that the Lord has for us that we have is really sad. And, you know, one thing to also keep in mind is where the word of the Lord is preached with truth and in abundance is where persecution will be. So that makes you want, it should make us sit and think, why is persecution not the way, not here like it is in other countries? Well, it's because of that corruption and that compromise. Those over there aren't compromising, which is why their persecution is being met so hard. And that should convict each and every one of us to turn our hearts closer and more towards the Lord so that we too can join this fight that the others are fighting all by themselves, all because we're hunkered in fear of the what ifs. Instead of doing, instead of saying, even if, as Daniel and then, well, Daniel after, 
but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, and then as well as Daniel with the lion's den. You got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with fire in the furnace. And then you got Daniel with the lions. And all others throughout history that dealt with so many other things as well, which the Bible talks about too, even though the world wants to tell you that it doesn't. Um, but those thoughts, thoughts lead to actions. And if our thoughts are evil continuously, then what are our actions going to be? It reminds me of how we're told to take every thought captive unto the Lord. Every thought. And we are to throw down every lofty obstacle put forth from Satan to keep us from learning the full knowledge of the truth. Alright, so I'm going to take a quick break. And then we are going to come back and get to... Matthew chapter 11. Um, I recommend on pers um, just personal study time to read Matthew chapter 10. Because it'll throw out some of those lies and those evil intents to keep us away from the Lord. Because a lot of the stuff that's talked about in Matthew 10, the world tries to distort and say the opposite. But Lord, I just want to pray and just sing praises to you right now, Lord, as we go on our little little break right now. And Lord, I pray that you would ha have us to be able to reflect upon your word in this break. That you would bring us closer to you from your spirit. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be the spirit that eradicates all the lies of the enemy. Lord, help us to be grounded on your firm foundation. Help us to be footed with the breastplate of righteousness and shotted with your truth. Help us to stand firm, Lord. God, protect our minds and our hearts and our souls. Lord, do not let the enemy snatch anything from us, Father, please. Help us to be grounded and rooted in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are back. So, quick little break is out of the way. Praise the Lord for his name. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to even be able to read your word. We thank you for the blessings that are presented to us within your word. We thank you for the preparation, for the renewing, for the refining, Lord. Oh, yes, the refining, Lord. Convict our hearts when we come across something that really just needs to correct us, Lord. Lord, let your word penetrate as it says it does. Lord, let it be the powerful sword in which you say that it is. Lord, you are so mighty, and you are so right in all of your ways. Man cannot even argue with your wisdom, Lord. For though they try, it does not amount. Lord, we just praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I had mentioned to before the break that we are going to be starting in Matthew 11. I am going to read, I'm going to start at verse 15. Here comes that yawning again. Guys, real quick, the entire time that I'm on the break, I was walking to take care of a few things real quick. <clears throat> I did not yawn. Can you yawn at all? Am I coming back? Now all of a sudden I'm yawning again. So, the Matthew 11, verse 15 through 20. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? Is it like a child sitting in the marketplaces? who call out to the other children and say, I played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang the dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. Son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Then he began to denounce the cities, in which most of his miracles were done, because they did not repent. Now Matthew 12. 33-37 Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your, and by your words you will be condemned. No, Mark chapter 7. And now I'm not commenting on anything yet because the Lord has not asked for me to. He wants me to just read for a minute. Alright, so Mark 7. The Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered around him when they had come from Jerusalem, and had seen that some of his disciples were eating with bread, eating their bread with impure hands, that is, unwashed. For the Jews and all, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they carefully wash their hands, thus observing the traditions of the elders. And when they came, and when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they cleanse themselves. And there are many other things which they have received in order to observe. 
such as washing of cups and pitchers and copper pots. Um, real quick, I'm just going to give a release to comment on this. Um, that is because one of the things, you know, that I'm learning that has to do with the fact of that where they didn't understand, um, let's see, how can I work this? Where they didn't understand what germs were, how to keep things clean, how to keep things sanitary, sanitized, sanitary, yeah. Here we go. So, the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat their bread with impure hands? Now remember, the impure hands are just unwashed hands. Okay? And he said to them, Rightfully, I mean, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me. With teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. So, you see the traditions of men, the precepts of men, and what they did. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. Is also exactly what is happening right now in our day and age in the churches. But if we remember, for it is time for the judgment of the Lord to begin with the churches too. So, God judges his church before he judges everybody else. So we need to keep that in mind. He was also saying to them, You are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or his mother, Whatever I have that would help you is Corban, that is to say, given to God. You no longer permit him to do anything for his father or his mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. And you do many things such as that. After he called the crowd to him again, he began saying to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside of the man which can defile him if it, if it goes into, the, into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him, but it does not, because it, it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated? Thus he declared all foods clean. And he was saying, That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. Now, real quick, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stop there. I'm sorry, God. So this goes right back to what we were talking about, and um, part and part one was corruption and the thoughts of man. 
from verse 20. And he was saying, That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile the man. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The Spirit of the Lord has for them. Psalm 73. Oh, wow. I opened up right to it. Sweet. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> I'm going to start at verse 21. Go to 28. Actually, thank you, Lord. The Lord has, asked me, has actually brought to my attention just reading from the beginning. So that is what we will do. Surely God is good to Israel. To those who are pure in heart. Oh, see, there we go. That's why. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant. As I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore pride is their necklace, the garment of violence covers them. Their eyes, their eye bulges from fatness, the imaginations of their heart run wyatt. Run, run riot, sorry. They mock and wickedly sneak, speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue parades to the earth. Therefore his people return to this place, and waters of abundance are drunk by them. They say, How does God know? And is there knowledge with the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked. And always at cease they have increased in wealth, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence, for I have been stricken all day long and chastised every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. Until I came into the sanctuary of God, and I perceived their end. Surely you set them in slippery places, you cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O oh Lord, when aroused, you will despise their form. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and arrogant. I was like a beast before you. He's talking about what he had said previously and how he was thinking before. Because if we keep in mind, the destination for the wicked has never changed. So, but although they may look like they are temporarily living without any issues, it's only temporary. It's only temporary. So, when my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you, with you as in the Lord. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven beside but you? 
and besides you I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my, is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord, for having us read the entirety of Psalm 73, because that totally, 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 sorry, <laughs> touches base on exactly what we've been discussing um, from the beginning. And it's just so beautiful. So if you find your ways getting envying the wicked, take a step back and remember that the wicked will perish. But those of pure in heart will live for eternity. What happens here is nothing, nothing is the way that we should look at it because what's to come is far more greater. Okay? So just keep that in mind. The world is going to throw so much at us because of the fact that we have eternal life. That we will have eternal life with God. The world hates the knowledge of the Lord. for the, Because the God of this world is Satan himself. So of course he's going to influence the minds of those on this world to go against God and to hate God. And he's going to do whatever they can, whatever he can, to keep them from even coming to the full knowledge of truth. And to keep them consistently hating God just because he hates them. It's all, it's literally a seeking to influence of the mind continuously to pull more and more people away from God because he wants people to worship him. Even though when you do worship Satan, you will have an eternal end. You won't have an eternal beginning or eternal life. You will eternally have an end and will be met with more suffering than what this world could ever give. So just pray over that. Keep that in mind. You know, pray through the Psalms. And remember, you know, it's like what it said in verse 21. You know, verse 21 through 28 is a really good prayer, you know, when you find yourself just being so distraught too. You know, we need to remember, when my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. So, when we let ourselves get like that, when we start envying, we start getting up all upset and everything, we, it messes with us big time. So, may we realign ourselves with the Lord. May we examine ourselves, our motives, and our flesh, and our thoughts, taking every thought captive into the Lord. So, therefore, the enemy has no legal right, has no ground, and our end is not with the wicked. For we do not want to perish with the wicked. We want us to be impure of heart, for God is good to those who are pure in heart. And why? Well, that's where we go back to the beginning and remember what God has done for us, how he's tried to protect us and eradicate the evil that we have compromised and brought evil back over and over and over again. Sorry, I was taking a drink. All right. <clears throat> so let's look at Luke chapter 6. 
Oh, I just flipped to where I'm looking for, where I'm going to Luke 6, real quick, I want to read Luke 11, um, 27 through 28. Oh, 28. Definitely read 27 through 29 in personal time. And and the Lord says, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. So may we remember that as we go through his words. There. Okay. Forty six through forty dies. There it goes again. Why do you call me Lord Lord and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not strike it because it had not, because it had been, okay, let me read that. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who has heard, who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. Which goes along with scripture. The Lord had us read Luke 11 just now. And I'm going to read 44 through 45 real quick in Luke 6. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which, is, which fills his heart. Now I want to go to John chapter. Th- now I want us to go to John chapter three, and I'm gonna <clears throat> read this to you. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said and said to him, 
Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, to, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, and he who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil. It reminds me of exactly what we were reading in Genesis. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear, and his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. After these things, Jesus and his after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he was spending time with them and baptizing. John was also baptizing. Hang on, I'm going to reread verse 22. This is something you don't hear. It's really sad that portions of the Bible get kept out. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he was spending time with them and baptizing. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim, because there was much water there, and people were coming and were being baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Therefore there arose a discussion on the part of John's disciples with a Jew about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves are my witnesses that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the back of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard, of that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has set his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. 
He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Let me go to John 5. Just a moment of testimony time before we even continue. So as I was doing the teaching, the tablet, I had overheated. And so I was like, oh no, I had no idea where I've left off. And so I had to, of course, listen to where um, the live stream um, bit that I got in done. And I was listening to it and following along and making sure that, of course, I pick right up where I left off. And I'm like, Lord, I pray that it's not in between a verse. Nothing gets, like, messed up or anything like that. And, sorry, I got a piece of ice. Lo and behold, I ended right after I'd finished reading one side of scripture. So I just have to take a minute to just praise the Lord for helping that to Stay out at least until one of those were finished so that nothing got messed up or anything like that. And I just praise the Lord for his faithfulness and helping through that. Granted, there's a one section of scripture that, you know, I had read, but hey. Oh, that didn't get on the recording, but hey, it's okay. You know, what it finished was right at the end of where, you know, it was that section of scripture that we were reading, and it didn't interrupt it, it didn't stop before it, it stopped just like right after I finished it, and right as I was discussing the next scripture that we were going to be going towards, and you know, I'd mentioned John 5, um, which was perfect, because honestly, it gave y'all an extra chance to get to John 5 before <laughs> anything and it's like nothing happened but I had to I had to speak on it because you know I was like oh my goodness I pray I don't mess this up Lord you know because oh never mind anyways praise you Lord and I just thank you Lord I pray that you would guide the rest of these scriptures as you have presented them to me for this lesson altogether. Lord, you are so faithful in your ways. I don't ever have to go seeking as far as what you want me to present to your church as because as I am seeking you in that time with us together, you always present exactly what you need. So just my time with you, diligently seeking you above all else, Lord, you provide so abundantly. And I pray that each thing that is put together is filled with your blessing and your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray that your spirit of truth would just flourish through the minds and hearts of those listening. And that you would just help undo the lies of the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. 
truth. God is so good. Alright, so John 5. So I had marked John 5, 19 through 47. So I know. Oh my goodness, that's so long. That's so many numbers. But to be honest, guys, that's a lie. It's really not that much. Um, so don't give in to that those fleshly feelings right there at all. Rebuke those. Resist the enemy and he must flee in the name of Jesus. So, I'm going to start reading. There it goes again. Right, go on. All right. So there is a reason why I wanted to go back um, when I pray that the Lord would reveal it to you because as he revealed it to me, um, I know faithfully that those who are seeking him, <clears throat> it will be revealed to them as well. Um, just diligently seek him, y'all. Don't give up. Don't give in to the enemy at all. Um, so after these things, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a wait. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Beth, Beth, Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. <clears throat> for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus was, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had, that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man became well, <clears throat> picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, it is the Sabbath, and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, He who made me well was the one who said to me, Pick up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse happens to you. I would underline that and mark that. Are you? The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But he answered them, My father is working until now, and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, 
but also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son cannot, I mean, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the, for the Father loves the Son and shows himself and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son. Oh. Sorry, there was, um, uh, was that horse laugh? Jump, shoe shakes. I had to swat it off before it bit me. <laughs> For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, and now is, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has, given, has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice, and will come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. I can do nothing on my own initiative. <clears throat> As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone testify about myself, my testimony is not true. Therefore, another who testifies of me, and I know that the testimony which he gives about me is true. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. But the testimony which I receive is not for man. But I say these things so that you may be saved. He was the lamp that was burning and was shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. <clears throat> but the testimony which I have is greater than the testimony of John, for the works with the for the works which the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I do, testify about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me, he has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. So it says, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe him who sent me. Or, Believe in whom he sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you were unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I do not receive glory from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another 
and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God. Mm. Praise your Lord. Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses, in whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Now let's go to John 8. John chapter 8. I'm going to start at verse 12. <clears throat> then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it, but I am the Father who sent me. Even, if your law, even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me. So they, are, so they were saying to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would, also, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. God's divine protection. Then he said again to them, I go away, and you will seek me, and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, Surely he will not kill himself, will he, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? And he was saying to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they were saying to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, What have I been saying to you from the beginning? I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. They did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own initiative, but I speak these things as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he spoke these things, many came to believe in him. So Jesus was saying to those, Jew, to those Jews who had believed him, 
If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will make no, and you will know the truth, and the truth will, will make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son of man, the son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. <clears throat> so real quick, when they asked, "We are Abraham's descendants that have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free?" That is a common thing that gets said even in this world today. Some people think that they are without sin and that they are perfect or they don't need to turn to Jesus or believe in Jesus or believe in who Jesus says he is and the entirety of it from the entire word. Um, and they said, well, what do I need to be freed from? <clears throat> well, anyone who commits a sin is a sin is a slave to sin. It's kind of like what we were talking about with the corruption and how quick sin can spread, how easily influenced it is, and how quick people are to compromise instead of stick with him. So we need to be very, very careful to think that we aren't a slave to anything. Because very easily, that could mean that we are a slave to sin. Make sure we don't let pride get in our way because pride is a sin. We don't want to be a slave to pride. That's for sure. That's for sure. No, no, no. So Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen, my seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. They answered and said to him, <clears throat> Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as, but as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because... Oh, wait. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. Just like it said in verse 37. I know that you are <clears throat> Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And he said, why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him whenever he speaks a lie he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies 
But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. That's a hard reality. It's not just that, you know, that's not just something that happened then. That's something that's going on right now. In the church today and in this world. The Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste of death. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. But it is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Therefore they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Um... So I did read more than what I anticipated, but when the Lord says, speak, keep going, you listen. <laughs> and I'm glad, because that was powerful. And not to mention, I'm pretty sure that combated the lies of the enemy. So, so next. We're going to go to John chapter 14. Yeah, we're in John quite a bit, but Paul says some things that kind of get left out. John 14, do not let your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you 
<clears throat> if you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you know him, and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise believe, because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be, with, and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live. You will also live. You will live also. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us? And not to the world. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our abode with him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. You heard that I said to you, I go away, and I will come to you. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up, let us go from here. And on your own personal time, please read through uh, John chapter 15 or pause the podcast and read through John 15 because we're going to start reading in John 16. John 15 has some good crucial truths as well. <clears throat> so important. Anyway, John chapter 16. 
These things I have spoken to you, so that you may be kept from stumbling. They will make you outcast from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think he is offering service to God. These things they will do, because they have not known the Father or me. But these things I have spoken to you, so that when their hour comes, you will remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. <clears throat> But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Christ knows our hearts. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, and he will take care of mine, and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine, and will disclose it to you. <clears throat> a little while, and you will no longer see me. Again, a little while, and you will see me. Some of his disciples then said to one another, what is this thing he is telling us? A little while, and you will not see me. And a little while, and you will see me. And because I go to the Father. Then, so they were saying, What is this th that he says? A little while. We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wished to question him. And he said to them, real quick, or it says Jesus knew that they wished to question him. So therefore they were talking amongst themselves, like he had told us. Instead of just asking him, even though he was right there. How many times have we made that same mistake, guys? Christ right there. His word right there. But yet we talk to one another before we go to him. But just as Jesus knew then, he knows now. And just as he even knew the thoughts of the Pharisees and all the situations, he knows it now too. Jesus knew that they wished to question him, and he said to them, Are you deliberately together about this? That I said, A little while, and you will not see me, and, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, that you will weep and, and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain, because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grieved now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. And that day you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will, you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, 
An hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but will tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and I believe that I came forth from the Father. I came forth from the Father, and have come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. His disciples said, Lo, now you are speaking plainly and are not using a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming, and it has already come, for you to be scattered, each to your own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Now these things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Speaking something out real quick. Um, in personal, in your own personal time, please read First Peter chapter one. I know that seems random, but oh, it's just yeah. May we heed the calling to the Lord and be obedient even to the smallest requests. All right, next I want to read in Second John. So, last time we read a lot in First John, I think we might have actually read the entirety of First John, um, to be honest. But, praise the Lord for the reading of His Word. Praise the Lord for the ab uh, ability to uh, get to dig into His Word. Praise the Lord for being able to seek Him diligently in this time still. And I just praise you, Lord, for your spirit and your gift of Him. In Jesus' name, amen. So Second John, the elder to the chosen lady and her children whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, for the sake of the truth which abides in us will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. 
I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandment to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had in the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, that you do not that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house, and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so with paper and ink. But I hope to come to you and speak face to face, so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. So what was he warning about? Let me get a drink. I have two questions. What was he warning about? And what was... Well, that was a couple warnings. Read the, skim through that real quick. What are three different warnings that were given? Sorry, I was trying to stop my eyes, but I'm in the window. Alright, so. Warned about the deceivers that have gone out into the world, those who did not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Who do, who were who were they identified as? As identified as the deceiver and the antichrist, which is their influence, right? The same influence that influenced the minds of men in the days of Noah and after. And what do he say? To watch yourselves, that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. And it goes back to examining ourselves, taking every thought captive unto the Lord. Back to 1 John 4, testing all the spirits, right? Making sure we walk according to his commandments. commandment we have been given from the beginning that we would be walking in truth and love not love and lies but truth and love
It says, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. That's where we go back to examining ourselves and testing all the spirits to see if we are following the ways of the Lord or if we are, or if we are following after the ways of Satan and the influence of the spirit of the Antichrist. He tells us not to partake or to participate in evil deeds. And a reminder to to walk according to his commandments. So do we not? So we do not fall into the trap of Satan, which is what we have talked about. I think just about every single scripture we've went through. God is so consistent and beautiful in his ways. Now I'm going to go into Isaiah. Isaiah is a book that I really didn't hear much of before the Lord got a hold of me and really just brought me to him and out of this world, basically. Um, Isaiah and Ezekiel, you know, those are books not read. If you read them or you see it, it is like literally one scripture here and there about it. Um, just really wild to me. Because that is how the full, like, the full knowledge of the truth is kept from the church. That is what Ezekiel and Isaiah literally warn about. So honestly, go figure that is the ones that don't get taught. Um, But they have so much force in it. It's just like Proverbs. For some reason, you only hear like select verses from Proverbs and then like Proverbs 31. But what about Proverbs 1? And everything else, all of it, the entirety, Proverbs 1 and all the verses, not just 1 1. No. So, guys, I just, I'd say that, I know I kind of got um, off topic, I'm really sorry about that, but the purpose of that was to explain the fact that for far too long, those that are called to be shepherds are not being true shepherds. They are actually not feeding the flock to filling. They are preventing God's children from coming to the full knowledge of the truth. They're keeping them as prey. And they're literally feeding off of them. And using them for their own selfish gain. Instead of just helping them to no longer be captives of sin. And to no longer be a slave of sin. Which is what we've discussed and talked about. They haven't even taught the truth of God's word. They're picking and choosing. They're forming ear-tickling messages which don't bring forth freedom. I'm sorry. It doesn't. And I know that now even 
like the walk that the Lord has brought me on. I'm sorry, but those ear tickling messages kept me in captivity for years. But the moment that I read truth in God's word, it broke me. And it broke those chains of sin. So don't not read your word. Let, you, let yourself be broken free of those chains with the Lord the right way. Speak his words like you've never sought them before. And repent every time he convicts your heart. Don't run away. Because it's easy to run away. It's easy to cower and be like, oh no. Or I don't want to hear this. Well, we need to hear it. We need to hear it. We have to hear it. How else can we know about it unless we hear about it, unless we know and can see it for what it is? Don't let, don't let Satan keep you captive behind that veil of lies. Don't let him keep you captive because that's exactly what he wants to do. That's exactly what he wants to do. So, we are... I promise you, almost done. I've got a few more sections that I want to go over. Well, that the Lord wants to be gone over. Because he is tired of the truth and the full knowledge of the truth being kept from his children. And you might actually see that even more so throughout these readings. So we said Isaiah chapter 56. Thus says the Lord, Preserve justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come, and my righteousness to be revealed. How blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who takes hold of it, who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast my covenant, to them I will give my house and within my walls a memorial, and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name which will not be cut off. Also, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even those I will bring I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all my people for all the peoples. The Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel declares, Yet others I will gather to them, to those already gathered. All you beasts of the field, all you beasts of the forest, come to eat. For his watchmen are blind. All of them know nothing. All of them are mute dogs, unable to bark. 
dreamers lying down who love to slumber, and the dogs are greedy. They are not satisfied, and they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way, each one to his unjust gain, to the last one. Come, they say, let us drink wine, let us drink heavily of strong drink, and tomorrow we will be like to and tomorrow will be like today, only more so. Wow. And I keep going. We're in Isaiah 57 now. The righteous man perishes, and no one takes it to heart. And devout men are taken away, while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from evil. He enters into peace. They rest in their beds, each one who walked in his upright way. But come here, you sons of sorceresses, sorceress, you sons of a sorceress, got it, offspring of an adulterer and a prostitute, against whom do you jest, against whom do you open wide your mouth and stick out your tongue? Are you not children of rebellion, offspring of deceit, who inflame yourselves among the oaks, under, the, under every luxuriant tree, who slaughter the children and the ravines under the clefts of the crags? Among the smooth stones are of the ravine as your portion. They are your lot. Even to them you have poured out a drink offering. You have made a grain offering. Shall I relent concerning these things? Upon a high and lofty mountain you have made your bed. You also went up there to offer sacrifice. Behold the door and the doorpost. You have set up your signs. Indeed, far removed from me you have uncovered yourself. And have gone up and made your bed twice. And you have made an agreement with your, for yourself with them. You have, loved, you have loved their bed. You have looked on their manhood. You have journeyed to the king of oil and increased your perfumes. You have sent your envoys a great distance and have made them go down to Sheol. You are tired out by the length of your road. Yet you did not say, it is hopeless. You found renewed strength, therefore you did not faint. Of whom were you worried and fearful when you lied and did not remember me, nor give me a thought? Was I not silent even for a long time, so you did not hear me, so you did not fear me? I will declare your righteousness and your deeds, and they will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. But the wind will carry all of them up, and a breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me will inherit the land and will possess my holy mountain. And it will be said, Build up, build up, prepare the way. Remove every obstacle out of the way of my people. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place and also with a contrite and lowly spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite for I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the Spirit will grow faint before me, and the breath of those whom I have made. Because of the inequity of the unjust gain, I, will, I was angry and struck him. I hid my face and was angry, and he went on turning away in the way of his heart. Because of the inequity of his unjust gain, I was angry and struck him. I hid my face and was angry, and he went on turning away in the way of his heart. 
I pray that the Lord is revealing the spirit, the truth, through his spirit of truth, in a mightily way, in Jesus' name. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore him and restore comfort to him and to his mourners, creating the praise of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is far and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up and refuse and toss up refuse in mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Isaiah fifty eight. Cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sin. If they seek me day by day and delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted and do you do not see? Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? Behold, on the day of your fast you will find your desire. That I drive hard all your workers. Behold, you behold, you fast for contention and strife, and you strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast like this which I choose? A day for a man to humble himself? Is it for bowing one's head like a reed, and for spreading out sackcloth and ashes as a bed? Will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast which I choose? To loosen the bonds of, the wick of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and break every yoke? Oh. Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? <laughs> then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will, spread, will speedily spring forth. And your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, and if you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness. And your gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places. Oh, the consistency of the Lord. And give strength to your bones. And you will be like a water garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins, and you will raise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which you dwell. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day, 
and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure, and speaking your own word, then, then you will delight, you will take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I'm going to keep going on this the last section, and then we're going to read some scripture and end there. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. Real quick, I'm going to pause right here. And in this segment, to re-begin before it cuts us off. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you in your holy matchless name. Amen. So continuing in Isaiah 59 from before. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken falsehood. Your tongue mutters wickedness. No one says righteously, and no one pleads honestly. They trust in confusion and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch adders, eld eggs, and weave the spider's web. He who eats of your eggs dies. And from that which is crushed, a snake breaks forth. And from that which is crushed, a snake breaks forth. Oh! Their webs will not become clothing, nor will they cover themselves with their works, for their works are works of iniquity, and an act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they hasten to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Devastation and destruction are in their highway. They do not know what the way they do not know the way of peace, and there is no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever treads on them does not know peace. Therefore justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light, but behold darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope along the wall like blind men. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in, as in the twilight. Among those who are vigorous, we are like dead men. All of us groan like bears and moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, Lord. And our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And we know our iniquities. Transgressing and denying the Lord. And turning away from our God. Speaking oppression and revolt. Conceiving in and uttering from the heart lying words. 
Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the streets, and uprightness cannot enter. Yes, truth is lacking. And he who turns aside from evil makes himself a prey. Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man, and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought salvation to him, and his righteousness upheld him. He put on righteousness like a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation on his head. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. According to their deeds, so he will repay. Wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. To the coastlands he will make recompense. So they will fear the name. So they will fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind of the Lord drives. A redeemer will come to Zion, and those who turn from transgression in in Jacob, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit which is upon you and my words which I put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. Amen. All right, y'all, I'm going to finish in Isaiah 30, verse 15, is what I have written down. But the Lord has changed his mind a couple times. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel has said, In repentance and rest you will be saved, in quietness and trust is your strength but you were not willing Lord I pray that you will renew a steadfast spirit within us the spirit of truth that comes only from you Lord I pray that you would forgive us for our iniquities and our transgressions Lord I pray that throughout the reading of your word that you convicted each and every one of us of what we need to repent for and turn to you about Lord Help us to forsake the ways of this world instead of forsaking you. Help us to be able to trust in you more than we trust in man and this world, Lord. Show us continuously the faithfulness of you and who you are. Lord, we pray that the spirit of truth will reign within your children mightily. Lord, that the boldness and the zeal of you will be brought forth mightily. Lord, we pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our transgressions as we forgive those who sin against us, Lord. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but Father, deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
I just thank you for sitting with me as we dig into his word. I know that sometimes it can seem a little long, but I just pray that the Lord reveals to you how meaningful this really is. His word is powerful and true. And it is something that we can trust in and rely on when we cannot rely on this world and the people within it. For our flesh may cause us to fail, especially if we are not following in the ways of the Lord and consistently seeking His word diligently and wholeheartedly with full eagerness to know who our God is and whom we serve. So that we do not get distracted and end up serving a God of this world that is not the God most high. So may we be seeking the words of the Lord. May we be seeking his, his will above ours. May we know the God in whom we serve. And may the Lord bless you abundantly. Lord, we praise you. And I'm so thankful to be able to do this. And I just want you to know that God seeks for you to know his will.